0: Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep and more. Pregnancy and birth can take a toll on your body. You are, after all, growing and birthing a small human. Organs move around, muscles stretch, and there are all kinds of physical feelings you've never had before. And that's all before your baby's been delivered. Whether it's through C-section or vaginally, most of us need time to recover after labour. Liz Evans is a physiotherapist specialising in women's health and the co-founder of the Empowered Motherhood Program. And she's all about supporting women before and after childbirth. Hi, Liz. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. I'm well. How are you?
1: Good, thank you.
0: How are you managing lockdown?
1: Oh, I think just as best as I can, like everybody else is. I mean, I'm one of those people that are still working face-to-face. Um, so I think that I'm actually getting a little bit more interaction than some others that literally they're once a week physio appointment is the only interaction they get. So when they get there, they they tell me their entire week's adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I love so it. I feel a bit like a psychologist because I'm like literally the the one person they speak to in an entire week, other than the ones that they're you know surrounding themselves with at home. But it's um, yeah. I think everyone that the the mood in Australia at the moment is definitely starting to um to shift, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about your program. I mean, you're a, as I mentioned in the introduction, you're a specialist in women's health Mm. with your physiotherapy, but what made you decide to actually create an exercise program for pregnant women and and mums?
1: So, yeah, look, I've been doing, I've been a women's health physio for a very long time now. And I have over the years heard the same thing over and over again from my patients, which is, I wish somebody had have told me that this could have happened. I wish I had have known. So there's the, the resounding um, similarity between them all is just a real lack of being prepared, not just the birth. There's a lot of emphasis, I think, put on birth, but there's very little emphasis put on preparing the body. Um, for birth and preparing the body for pregnancy but also in some ways even more importantly what happens day one after the birth so you know there's birth preparation courses that prepare for that one day and then we've got the postnatal period where women find themselves all sorts of changes that have happened to their body and some of them are actually can be so severe that they impact the woman So intensely in terms of physically, emotionally, sexually, and um, the ongoing ramification for that into their life is huge. And they're the women that I've been working with for a very long time. And I've just felt like there's got to be a better way. I'm all about preventative kind of care and let's get to people as early as we can. Um, And so I just, you know, I've had two children myself and I went through kind of the system and saw the journey and the amount of information that women get along the way and it's not a lot and it's not enough and it you know I've been giving this information on a one-on-one level for a very long time and I um essentially got to the point where I'm where I just wanted to reach more women to prevent these issues from arising or um getting onto them at a very early level to prevent them really overtaking a woman's life and um that's where I guess the, you know, the the brains behind starting the Empowered Motherhood program came from. When you talk about preparing
0: the body for birth, what are the Mm. key areas we need to think about?
1: So I think of preparing the body for birth in three main ways. I think of preparing the brain. So we have to actually prepare the brains with education and also some mental preparation for what birth is actually going to be like. We have to prepare the nervous systems. We need to train women to get into what we call the parasympathetic nervous system. So the parasympathetic nervous system is actually our rest and digest system. And we need to be able to get into this system to actually feel safe. When we feel safe, then we can actually open up and then the birthing process can actually start. But a lot of women live in fear about labor and so they actually really struggle to get into that parasympathetic nervous system because they live in sympathetic and then, of course, we come into the physical preparation of the body. And when we're talking about the physical preparation, we're talking about very much, I think, physically, I, I really focus around the, the pelvis and the abdominal area for obvious reasons but that's where the baby comes from, whether it is vaginal delivery or caesarean. And the physical preparation, which is when people think physio, they kind of definitely think more physical, is um, inside the pelvis, so internal, inside the pelvis we have got all of the pelvic floor muscles. And when we think um, about as the baby comes out of the birth canal, there's a lot of preparation and whatnot that goes into the right breathing. And a lot of women that have had a baby might have heard about a little bit of perineal stretching. But before the baby even hits the perineum, it has to come through the actual pelvic floor so what we call the hiatus of the pelvic floor and we've got so many really kind of strong muscles in there and preparing those muscles for birth is essential it is like deciding to go and you know run a marathon or do a three-hour you know workout with never having done any stretching or preparation beforehand
0: So those are the things that you're talking about with birth, but I'm sure you also see women in your clinic who have complaints that they suffer or things that they suffer during pregnancy. If we've already fallen pregnant, are we able to prepare our bodies for carrying that baby if we haven't previously done those kinds of exercise, like not even labor, just carrying the baby?
1: Once we are pregnant? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So... Pregnancy is, is nine or ten months, depending on how it <laughs> 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 falls and where you count it from. But pregnancy, yeah, it is that period of time. And so you've got that period of time to actually strengthen your body. Now, absolutely going into pregnancy, if you prepare yourself prior to that, you know, that's absolutely what we prefer women to do. But... We talk about preparing the pelvic floor and so, so we talk about, you know, strengthening the pelvic floor, let's say, and that is very much about strengthening the pelvic floor to cope with the increased demands of the weight of the baby as, as the baby grows and as the uterus increases in size and the placenta grows and all of that weight that goes down through the pelvic floor, but also very much so what we are trying to do is keep those pelvic floor muscles active so that after the baby is born we're very well connected to the pelvic floor and if we're connected to the pelvic floor we're going to be able to activate it much quicker in the postnatal period. Now in pregnancy I'm just going to clarify something earlier that I said about preparing the body I What I will do with my women is keep their pelvic floor strong up until around 34 weeks. So keep doing pelvic floor exercises if they are somebody that has a weaker pelvic floor. But then for around 34 to 35 weeks, I actually get most of my women to stop doing pelvic floor exercises and instead we work on the reverse. So we work on actually relaxing the pelvic floor and opening up the pelvic floor muscles and the vagina because that's essentially what needs to happen in birth and if the muscles only know to tighten and squeeze and tighten and squeeze then when it comes their time to actually relax and release they don't know how to do it so we very much need to prepare women towards the end of pregnancy for that and so that's early when I was talking about pelvic floor preparation that might be about um, teaching women not only to relax their pelvic floor but whether it's me that does it with them or I teach them to do it with themselves or I get their, some of the women, I get their partners to do it with them. So actually doing deep pelvic floor trigger point releases um, with their fingers.
0: Which can be confronting.
1: Which can be very <laughs> confronting. <laughs> See, to me, it's absolutely normal. And it's been quite, it's been, been quite fascinating because I get quite a lot of um, partners that come in to learn it and or, you know, women that come into the clinic and I'll see them, you know, weekly up until the birth in those last kind of, you know, four weeks helping them really prepare for birth and that will be, you know, 10 to 15 minutes worth of, Vaginal release, and um, since coronavirus, I've, I've done quite a lot of kind of online Zoom calls where partners sit in, and I've got my vagina model, and I'm teaching them how to how to do <laughs> the pelvic floor releasing, and they really kind of you know quite enjoy the anatomy lesson. I have I, to say, I bet they do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Obviously, this came about. People come to see you when they have complaints. What are some of the most common things you see in clinic post
1: birth? So post-birth, it depends on where people come in. So post, we've got all different types of women. So we've got some women that come in, and it's so wonderful to see because the women's health viewers around the country have done a great job of educating everyone about having a postnatal check. And so we get a lot of women that just come in saying, I'm just here for my postnatal check. And literally my heart stings because that is my time to get to a woman and assess her in these early days and try and prevent anything, you know, really educate her and then prevent issues arising that, you know, may have had some really early warning signs. But the women that are coming and presenting with problems, they might be coming and saying that they're feeling a heaviness uh, or a bulge or like a little bit of a golf ball kind of feeling in the vagina after a walk or, you know, they might have attempted doing some online high intensity workouts that they've (laughs) they've been doing and then they feel some heaviness in the vagina. Some women, a lot of women will come in with leaking. A lot of women might just come in and after they might have tried to have intercourse, they might just say that, that they don't have much tone in the vagina and much sensation. It just feels really, really lax and feels really different. So then I've got other women that come in with fecal incontinence or wind incontinence and all of these things are things that I see on a daily basis so they are really really common doesn't get talked about a lot but you can imagine that this impact for the women it does happen to is can be pretty huge um, which is very much where my passion comes from because I've seen when such a small physical problem so let's say something so simple as as let's say, you know, that kind of feeling of of a heaviness or a ball in the vagina, which is usually a bit of an early warning sign of a prolapse that is kind of started to occur, that can then stop women exercising because they're worried about it it can stop women having intercourse because they feel really self-conscious about their vagina and then the ramifications onto their them feeling positive about their body feeling intimate in a relationship and that then the kind of impacts on mental health and rates of postnatal depression you know it's huge and so that's why I'm so much on early intervention and in the empowered motherhood program something that I was really Strong on doing was, it's not just exercise. It's education. So I do a lot of face-to-camera education sessions in there, educating women about the anatomy of the pelvic floor, of the abdominal muscles, of early warning signs of prolapse or incontinence, and what to do. And um, interviews with obstetricians and midwives and all of the experts around that I've got contacts with and that I kind of deal with regularly to help my women, I guess, I wanted to put that all into one place so that women could access that and really try to prevent these problems from occurring.
0: So you do have, in this program, you have specifically designed courses for women who, one of those courses is for women who experience incontinence and prolapse. Mm -hmm. So how did you put it together? You mentioned that you want to educate women as well, but it is also an exercise program, is it not?
1: It is. It's both. So what we've kind of got three main pillars in there. So exercise is a big one, and there's exercise that goes from pregnancy, so first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, and then it goes into the postnatal period all through to kind of you know, 12, 18 months postnatal. So it takes women step by step from day one after they've had birth, all the way through in terms of exercise, and the exercise is everything that starts with very basic physio based kind of exercise and rehab style to cardio, strength, weights, bar workouts, yoga you know, a whole range of different kind of workouts. So that's the exercise components, and then we've got the education, and then there's kind of a whole lot of expert interviews, so it's kind of tried to encompass it all so um i think you sorry you asked about um how did i put it together the exercise
0: well i guess i was thinking if you if you're a woman listening now and you've had Mm. a baby and you're looking at engaging again in exercise but you may have incontinence or a prolapse is this somewhere they can start or would you suggest they go and see a a women's health physio and then move on from there I mean what would you recommend
1: yeah so both if they can so basically like this is my absolute passion you know in terms of so this is actually how the empowered motherhood program came about so Kimberly Smith was a patient of mine uh, who has had three children and after her first child had significant prolapse and incontinence and she was a professional athlete prior to that and so the impact on herself and her self-esteem and everything was just so overwhelming and she couldn't believe the lack of information out there and despite the fact that I was guiding her through as a physio she was trying to do exercise and just felt really really lost and so that's why you know the prolapse and incontinence side is really where we kind of you know our passion kind of came together so for women that have prolapse or incontinence people can start this program without seeing a women's health physio but throughout the entire program i encourage women to get to women's health physio for that you know in that postnatal period for their 6 week check or if they've missed a 6 week check just at some point because there's so many women that first of all we need to diagnose what's going on and so you know we might there might be a lump or a bulge or a heaviness in the vagina and that it can be some other things so we want to be sure it is a prolapse Incontinence is pretty clear. You're either continent or you're not. So women will know if they're leaking or not. But going to Women's Health Physio will mean that women will learn if they're activating the muscles the right way. So we know that around 40 to 50% of women, when they do a pelvic floor, contraction they're not actually doing the right thing and you know that breaks my heart because if you're going to put the effort into doing those boring (laughs) exercises because let's face it they are so boring. If you're going to put the effort no one has time and so if you're going to put the effort in you know make it worthwhile but the the way that I put the program together is very much you know I teach women how to assess their you know, pop their fingers in their own vagina and get a sense of if they can actually feel a squeeze and get to women's health as soon as they possibly can. But in times like this, of coronavirus, or particularly for women that live in the rural area, I was very mindful that we're trying to make this program to help women that don't live in major cities that now have access to really quality education and guidance. And so, you know, in terms of the actual exercise component, it starts out really gentle. And then anything that would put women at risk of a prolapse Know getting slightly worse or being overloaded, I don't actually put in, in the, the prolapse and incontinence program, or it's got a lot of pelvic floor in there. We still make women feel like they're actually getting their heart rate up and they get those endorphins going because that's so important, and that's something that I see all the time. Women come in that they're just devastated because the exercise they used to do and love was, you know, running and, you know, doing aerobics classes or whatever. And what they knew to do isn't available anymore for them because they kind of feel their symptoms and so it's giving them a sense of confidence that there's still some great exercise they can do that they still you know feel like they're working their body and but yet doing things that are safe for for their prolapse and they shouldn't actually leak during the exercises. You also
0: have a program for recovering from a c-section. I don't find we talk much about this either is that something you found in your practice?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's um so I'm pretty open in letting people know that I've had a, I've had a delivery of each. I've had a vaginal delivery and a cesarean and they couldn't be more different. It's like having, you know, having foot surgery and shoulder surgery. They are so different in the actual kind of obviously the method and then also the recovery. If you have foot surgery, you'd be on crutches and wouldn't be able to weight bear and do things like that. And if you had shoulder surgery, you'd have your arm in a sling and you'd be on completely different protocols as to how to best recover and heal and everything. And it's exactly the same for vagina delivery and cesarean, but yet it all just gets chucked in the same bucket of some postnatal recovery if you have a chance to recover or if not, let's just off you go and live life and you know, not even think about the fact that you had abdominal surgery. So I was super passionate about creating a Caesar program because to my knowledge, I haven't actually come across one that's online and that really specifies it out. But yet those of us that work in clinical practice know that when we're working with someone that hasn't had a Caesar versus a vagina delivery, we're doing very different things with them, particularly for that first three to four months.
0: I can imagine. I mean, it Mm. sounds like something that needs very specific care. Mm. Um, Well, Liz, it's fascinating, and um, (laughs) I think I'm going to go online and check it out a bit more. But thank you so much for talking to us today.
1: Not a problem, Siobhan. Thank you for taking the time to kind of find out because the more women that kind of can understand, you know, not just about the Empowered Motherhood Program, of course, but just about all of these issues, the more women will talk. And, you know, it's all about educating women and women are wonderful talkers and so that's how word spreads and so that's um that's really helpful that you've taken the time to help us out as well
0: no problem thanks liz thanks siobhan bye bye -bye. that's liz evans she's the co-founder of the empowered motherhood program there'll be links to their website in the notes of this episode feed play love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me siobhan hunt